Hi, everyone, and welcome to the first ever live episode of Gathering Ground, a podcast where with each new episode, a special guest and I explore what it looks like to thrive in the nonprofit and foundation fields. I'm Mary Morton, president of Morton Group LLC. Morton Group is a national consulting firm that is based in Chicago and works with clients from coast to coast and everywhere in between. Our work is carried out through organizational development, research, executive placements, and diversity, equity, and inclusion. Before we get started with our program for today, I want to let you know that Gathering Ground can now be found on Apple Podcasts in addition to anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Just search Gathering Ground on iTunes to find us. Be sure to rate and subscribe to get a notification whenever there's a new episode. On today's very special live episode, we are welcoming a panel of individuals whose contributions and leadership during the COVID-19 pandemic is helping to ensure support for artists across Chicago and Illinois communities. As we all know, this historic time has affected all of us, regardless of what our work is and how we carry it out. As many of us return to work from home, individuals in the arts communities don't have that luxury and have had arts, restaurant, and retail jobs alike pulled out from under them, in many cases overnight. In addition to my work through Morton Group, I'm also a filmmaker and currently in production on two films. This is definitely personal to me as well as to so many others. I'm fortunate I have other streams of revenue. During today's conversation, we'll hear from some people who are working at different levels to assess and create channels of support for folks. And we'll, of course, have some time for questions before we close. Now, let's welcome our panelists. First, we are very excited to have with us for this special episode, Chicago's First Lady, Amy Eshelman. Amy's focus, passion, and experience has been in creating interest-driven out-of-school opportunities for young adults in Chicago and across the country. She was the partnerships lead at the Digital Youth Network at DePaul University, where she spearheaded the development of resource sharing partnerships for the Chicago City of Learning. She was also program leader for education at the Urban Libraries Council. And for 18 years, Amy was the assistant commissioner for strategic planning and partnerships at the Chicago Public Library. Amy serves as a trustee of Steppenwolf Theater and is on the board of the Children at the Crossroads Fund at Francis Xavier Ward School. Thank you for joining us, Amy. Uh, Michelle Boone is the Chief Program and Civic Engagement Officer at Navy Pier, home to Chicago Public Radio, Chicago Shakespeare Theater, the Chicago Children's Museum. Now celebrating its centennial year, Navy Pier is the largest tourist destination in the Midwest, attracting nearly 9 million visitors annually. Prior to Navy Pier, Michelle was appointed Commissioner of the City of Chicago's Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events. Previously, she was the senior program officer for the Joyce Foundation in Chicago, where she oversaw the culture program. Welcome, Michelle. And next, Jessica Kadish Hernandez. Jessica is a Chicago area actor and co-founder of the Chicago Artist Relief Fund, most recently seen in the world premiere of Alabaster at the 16th Street Theater in Berwyn. Jessica is a member of Aguillon Theater, Chicago Spanish language company, as well as a member of Second Story where she writes, directs, and curates personal narrative performance. Jessica has been a team member at Morton Group since 2011, when she started as our project coordinator. And in her current role as consulting associate, she works on organizational assessments, executive searches, and racial equity assessments as well. She has been a teaching artist for over 10 years, working with participants ranging from preschoolers, you're very brave, to C-suite executives. 
Uh, since 2014, she's also worked as a senior master instructor with Pinnacle Performance Company. And Claire Rice is the executive director of Arts Alliance Illinois and leads the visioning, development, and implementation of all programs and initiatives for the organization whose mission is to fight for resources, arts resources, and policies that benefit our members and all Illinois residents. Claire previously served as the National Director of Sustained Arts at Harvard University, and she came to the arts after six years of working with federal and state-level clients in Washington, D.C. as a management consultant for Accenture. So please help me welcome all of my guests. Thank you so much for joining us today on Gathering Ground for this very important conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. So we're going to get started with just a, a question to sort of set the, the context for what's happening uh, to all of us uh, as we, we go through uh, unprecedented times in our country and, and certainly in our state and in the city here in Chicago. And so I want to start with you, Amy, if I might, and ask, sure. what have you learned? Uh, just tell us what you've learned about yourself, about the community, um, about our state as we go through this pandemic. You know, that's a, that's a, first of all, thanks, Mary, for bringing us together for this really important conversation. I, you know, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, that's a really difficult question because we've, I think we've all learned so much about ourselves, our families, our community. And I sort of feel like I see what I've always known about our city as I go out and, you know, am honored and privileged to be part of um, how our, community is supporting one another. Um, I think a moment yesterday really brought it home to me. Yes, uh, I was at St. Columbinus Church down in Englewood for their Wednesday sort of uh, food delivery. Mm -hmm. um, and it's the community comes together, the church community comes together to volunteer, but folks were lined up around the block. Um, but this happens every Wednesday in good times and it's even more heightened now. But there also was this sense of um, pride in the community and humanity. Um, they were cranking gospel music out of the church um, as folks were outside on a beautiful day um, getting their bags of groceries. And so it was this sort of bittersweet moment, but the coming together and the pride that the community had for each other, taking care of each other um, was really an amazing moment. It happens all the time, but we're seeing it just amplified more and more. Great, thank you so much. And Michelle, what have you learned? Just one thing that you've learned during this time. Well, I guess the biggest thing I've learned is um, not to take anything for granted. Mm and that um, everything uh, is truly a gift. You know, basic things like my home, my health, the health of my family and friends, um, you know, my job. Uh, and so just recognizing the fragility of um, all of those things and seeing how, you know, this kind of temporary shutdown of just a few weeks has really shown us all um, how fragile our systems are and, and the things that we take for granted every day. Um, I, I guess that's been the biggest eye opener. Great. Thank you. And Jessica. You know, 
this isn't something that I didn't know before, but it's something that I think I'm relearning is how incredibly creative and resourceful and resilient artists are, not just when they're making their chosen art form. So when an actor can't access the stage or when a singer can't be on the microphone, the same creativity that they would apply to their art is being applied now to taking care of a neighbor down the street or going for a walk and noticing everything around you with an artist's eye or taking care of each other in community by redistributing financial resources. That there are so many ways in which artist skills can be applied to this moment. So it's in some ways scarier and in some ways also more exciting than ever to be a part of this community that we have. Wonderful, thank you so much. And Claire. Um, well, in addition to learning how to really properly wash my hands and try to not touch my face, which I'm still really bad at, um, I feel like we've, and we'll talk more about this, you know, I've learned so much about collaboration and what collaboration means in a really deep sense and the beauty in it and the challenge in it and the rewarding nature of it when you persevere. Um, and Michelle has been in a lot of that with me and it's been really um really difficult, but incredibly rewarding as well. And I think we will see the fruits of creative collaboration. We'll see the fruits of, you know, financial and supportive collaboration. Um, and we'll see, we've yet to see uh, the incredible growth in collaboration that we'll need to come out of this as a sector. All right, thank you so much. I think that sets a great uh, frame for the rest of our conversation. And I wanna start with you, if I might, Amy, and just ask about, how it is that you and uh, First Lady M.K. Pritzker yep. came to co-chair the fund uh, for Arts Illinois. So we're going to start by talking about the Arts great. Illinois. Mm -hmm. Great, great. Um, you know, I didn't know uh, M.K. at all uh, until our spouses uh, took their new roles <laughs> on. Um, but have since, you know, she's since come to be a, a, a great friend and a great um guide guidance, you know, gives me great guidance. And we'd been wanting to, to work on something together. And this seemed the most natural thing for us. Um, our, our mutual friend, Nora Daly, uh, came to us with this uh, idea. And I know that she'd been talking to, to Claire and some other friends of ours, Brooke Flanagan, um, about how we could support the arts. And we wanted this, MK and I wanted this to be a joint venture between the city and the state. We wanted this to be the thing that we were working on together. Um, it just felt like um, the right uh, move that it, we shouldn't have two separate initiatives, that it, it, you know, the arts are collaborative. And we wanted that to be sort of the message that we were sending. And um, so MK and I were both really, really pleased and proud um, to work with so many incredibly creative and dedicated people to um, start to push this, this out. And it's, you know, it's not really just about the ph philanthropy side, but it's also about how do we continue to lift the arts up in this moment and provide people with um, a space to, mm -hmm. um, for respite, to think, to be entertained, for artists to continue to create. And so that that was an important piece of this for both of us as well. Wonderful. Well, let's talk a little bit about the fund, if we might, Claire. Can you, first of all, give people a general idea too of what 
the organization organization does overall, right? Because this organization has been around for a number of years and very valuable. And I've been on the mailing list for quite some time. Um, so tell us about uh, Arts Alliance Illinois, and then let's talk about the fund. Thank you, Mary. Appreciate that opportunity. Um, yes, we've been around for 38 years. We are an organization that really champions uh, the role of the arts across Illinois communities. And we um, work to bring resources and art supportive policy uh, to the cultural sector uh, and with the cultural sector. Um, we are a membership organization. So we have members from you know as large as the Chicago Symphony to individual teaching artists. Um, and uh, educators and individual practitioners um, from all around the north, south, and west sides of Chicago, and of course, um, all around the state, uh, from Rockford to Carbondale. So we are a very broad institution uh, that represents a very broad range of constituents. Uh, we work a lot in Springfield, um, and we're working a lot with the um, the mayor's office on, on the mayor's um, cultural policy agenda moving forward um, and really representing the interests of the arts community in those conversations. Mm -hmm. um, with regard to this particular opportunity in this fund, you know, we um, are an organization that bridges across um, all cultural disciplines. So we focus, we don't just focus on one piece of the arts. We're thinking about the cultural sector, broadly speaking, the creative sector, broadly speaking. Um, and because of that focus and because of the statewide focus, we were sort of a natural partner in mm -hmm. to, uh, to start to seed this idea. Um, so when Nora and the first ladies kind of started batting this around, um, we were happy to serve in a, in a cat herding role um, around uh, both the city and the state. Uh, we engaged some incredible um, philanthropic partners and some incredible grant-making partners um, to make the fund happen. So we're just sort of a project manager and switchboard operator. And then um, our wonderful colleagues, who I think are on the phone here uh, at Three Arts, are giving away the grants to individual artists. And then uh, our colleagues over at the Arts Work Fund um, at the Chicago Community Trust are doing the grant making to individual, or excuse me, the organizations. So the fund has both of those two pieces so that we're trying to co um, cover, mm -hmm. even though there's not enough money to cover the need, of right. course, in the whole creative sector, which is really hurting from this. Um, but the fund does does at least um, endeavor to, to allow eligibility across the creative sector. And then um, I'll say that the piece Amy touched on it for us is also really important. The kind of front end of the Arts for Illinois platform. So artsforillinois.org is the centralized platform that you can go to to enjoy art, uh, to see the richness of the Illinois cultural community, to um, apply for funding if you're a um, impacted uh, creative or cultural organization, or to donate to the fund, most importantly in this moment, because we have had an overwhelming volume of applications, uh, 8,000 applications wow. uh, from individual artists in the first week, um, and 400, over 400 applications from cultural organizations that have been impacted by the crisis. Um, so there's, there we are hurriedly fundraising every day um, to, to uh, support the, or and amplify the incredible um, fundraising that happened up into the launch. Um, huge thanks to the city of Chicago for their contributions to the Walder Foundation and to the MacArthur Foundation um, for their leadership gifts in the space. And there's a whole host of other funders that have come in as well. 
um, and our thanks to all of them. They're all listed on artsforillinois.org. Uh, but we need more. We need uh, we need those grassroots donations. Um, we need folks to promote this to their networks. We're we're having artists um, contribute their work um, to that to that Arts for Illinois platform um, so that folks can can enjoy it in their homes, can can be reminded of the breadth and beauty of the sector. And um, we're hoping that that will inspire and stimulate donations to the fund. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And we're going to come back and hear more details about that. I wanted to bring you in, Michelle, and ask you why you uh, have been involved with the development of the fund and how it ties into your work at, at Navy Pier, of course. Uh, well, I was really happy to get the call from Claire and Nora Daly. Nora Daly is a longtime um, friend and colleague. She's on the board of Navy Pier and reached out to me. And then subsequently, also, I'm on the board for the Arts Alliance Illinois Good. and um, had conversations with Claire. So I feel like I was a little double team. Mm -hmm. Sounds um, like it. <laughs> on board and help. But I have to say, it was really um, very important to me and also a bit of a lifesaver because it got me out of thinking just about what was happening to me and mm -hmm. my situation mm -hmm. and really gave me a sense of empowerment to be involved in something that was going to be helping others. So at a time when you almost feel like you're, you know, kind of helpless and hopeless and, you know, what's happening to me right. in my life, um, it really helped divert the attention off of me and my situation and got me involved in something that I really care deeply about um, and, and to be helpful to the community, to Chicago's vibrant arts and culture scene, to the many, many artists that populate and support the work that happens um, in our town, but also to extend that statewide. So it was an incredible opportunity to feel um, that you could do something meaningful at a time when there was so much um, you know, strife and hopelessness exactly. that was happening at the same time. Absolutely, absolutely <laughs> signs of hope. And, and Jessica, um, as a working actor, um, you saw uh, something that needed to be addressed and you decided to do something about it. Tell us how the Chicago Artists, for, um, Chicago Artists Relief Fund came to be. Sure, so what happened to me and to just about every other artist I know and thousands that I don't starting around March 12th was cancellation after cancellation after cancellation after cancellation. And for artists who rely on gig to gig income, an empty calendar means no income. And my personal immediate thought was, okay, I have other professions that I can turn to to get myself through this time. Some folks can do that. Some folks can turn to a partner's income or family wealth, mm -hmm. and many cannot. And if only the folks who have their own personal resources to make it through this crisis, make it through the other end as artists, the entire arts community suffers and is worse for it. So as with most ideas that pop into my head, I thought, well, what if we could allocate emergency resources to folks? I said, you know what? Someone else has already had this idea. <laughs> Let me look who it is. So there wasn't one in Chicago yet, but Ijeoma Oluo, the writer and activist out in Seattle, had started an effort in Seattle. And so I thought, okay, wow, this is great. Surely there's, there's one somewhere in Chicago. I just haven't found it yet. But I dug for two days, March 11th to the 13th, and I couldn't find it. So I put out 
a call on Facebook on the Friday morning, I think it was. Yeah, Friday, March 13th. And I said, here's Ijoma's fund. This would be so great to do here. Who wants to do it? And by that afternoon, we had a working group assembled of eight artists. We grew to 10 within 48 hours and we launched the fund on Sunday afternoon, March 15th. So the entire thing came together in days, which in COVID-19 time is also mm-hmm. an eternity. Right, <laughs> and right. Our, our, so our main concern was how can we help our fellow artists bridge the gap between this scary time and larger institutional solutions coming through for more sustainable support. Mm-hmm. And how, how's, it, how's it been going? I think you've raised, you've raised a significant amount of money. Yep. We raised 50K as of this morning, 31 in our first week alone. And we allocated over the course of the past week, our first round of funding. It was to 143 artists in 49 zip codes, uh, one third of whom identify as LGBTQ plus and one third of whom, excuse me, two thirds of whom identify as black indigenous or people of color. And the first round was about 27,000. So based on where we are now, we're looking to raise another 17 to hit our second round, which is about $40,000 for about 200 artists. That's wonderful. Congratulations. And what we wanted to do today was to show um, a number of different ways that people can support artists, right? And and there's something that we can all do. I think that's really important to remember during um, COVID-19 that And that's one of the things that I think I have been really just um, happily surprised by is how many people want to help and want to do something. And this has given them an opportunity, right? Some place to uh, put those ideas. Um, When we think about the Arts uh, for Illinois Fund, who are you seeing come forward as you start to go through the applications, Claire? What what, uh, areas of the arts or is it just really across the board? It's, it's fairly broad based um, and our, again, our colleagues um, at Three Arts and, and Arts Work Fund are, are in the weeds, um, bless them, of managing all of the overwhelming volume of applications at this point. Um, but we are, we are seeing fairly good representation from um, artistic disciplines. Um, I think the highest proportion on the individual artist side were from the visual arts um, and we haven't seen as many from dance. So second round, we'd love to see more of um, you dancers out there applying. I hope for everyone heard that. Dancers. really funds um, starting on May 4th. Um, but, you know, we've really done some targeted outreach to communities that we haven't been um, hearing as much from. Um, I think, I think that because, uh, you know, a lot of the, the three organizations are Chicago based. There has been less of an application volume from around the state and we want to work mm-hmm. on that as well. Um, and we're working on zip code representation. Um, still not exactly sure where folks are coming from. We will know in terms of the analysis shortly, but that's a manual process and bless our, again, thank you to our colleagues at Three Arts for doing that manual analysis. We'll be able to answer that shortly. Um, but we do have also um, good representation um, in terms of Alana um, applicants as well in in both funds, less so on the organizational side. Um, so we'd like to see also increased numbers of um, organizations uh, led by serving um, people of color uh, on the organizational side. 
can you just, for those of us who don't know what Alana is, I do. Oh, sorry. You want to explain Um, what that is? Yes. Yes. He brought a different term for uh, people of color, African-American, Latin-American, Native American, Asian-American. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And um, that's that's wonderful to hear. And Michelle, as you think about how this work, um, this, the fund, do do you think that it's going to impact how you do work when you get back to Navy Pier? Do you think that this will have an impact? Oh, that's interesting. Well, I hope the impact that it has is that the the people that it's intended to support are still around Mm. and still Mm. able to create their work. We partner and collaborate with so many uh, independent musicians, artists, um, arts organizations that I hope this fund is able to give some relief um, and to provide, you know, kind of that gap that people need until they're able to reopen their doors and and get back to work. So that's the thing that I hope happens. I'm looking at some of the uh, comments on the chat and I just, you know, we've been saying a lot about arts for Illinois and artists, but the fund is really intended to support the creative sector. So it's not just limited to visual artists. It also is available to um, dancers, musicians, you know, wig makers, costumers, choreographers, directors. So it, it really does um, cover everyone. And so, um, you know, just wanted to make that point when we say mm-hmm. arts, um, we're talking about the entire sector and all that it encompasses. And, and this isn't about mm-hmm. just resources limited to um, visual arts, at least mm-hmm. with the Arts for Illinois Fund. Okay, wonderful. And Amy, um, you and N.K. Pritzker have already helped raise an amazing amount of money as you were thinking about the fund and talking to folks, it, it sounds as though people were very excited to get involved and to do what they could to, to support it. You know, it's it's been incredibly um, encouraging. And of course, you know, we've got such an incredible, an amazing philanthropic community. And as I've made calls, you learn so much about what they're doing other than, you know, just their regular, um, responsibilities, but they're helping this this theater that they already support, or, or this uh, you know music venue, or these you know this dance company. Um, so they we're getting a lot of information of I'm already helping this these people, these people, these people, which is amazing, and that's what we want. Um, you know this fund, I, and you know is is incredibly important, and I think they understand that and. It's, they also, I think, much like we've all been talking about, understand how much they've missed um, being in community with the arts, mm-hmm. being, you know, together in a dark room watching a play or listening to some music and um, understand how important uh, the arts are going to be to our recovery. And as we think about the the vision of Chicago and what Chicago is going to look like when we get on the other side of this, how important it's going to be for the artist's voice and that creativity to be part of that process and how we can continue to support folks to get through this moment um, so that they can participate and they can be part of how we, um, how Chicago looks and feels going forward. so I think they understand that, yes, we need the art for art's sake, but we also need it to be part of what our city looks like moving forward and that we want artists 
and the creative sector to be part of that conversation. Exactly. And I'll, I'll just um, add in that when I got involved with Chicago Foundation for Women here, um, one of the things that uh, some of the arguments against a women's foundation was that, well, if we give to you, what, what do we do about the other organizations that we support? Right. And uh, our response was, think of it as a mutual fund. Um, really, we believe that there's strength in numbers and um, we can do so much more when we come together whether it's through the, the Chicago Artists Relief Fund or through the Arts for Illinois Fund, there's so much more we can do when we work together, right? So right. an individual donation is really gonna be leveraged in a very different way when you right. make a contribution to, a, to either one of these funds or any of the other um, opportunities that people have available. We're gonna start looking at some of your questions in just a moment. Um, and before we do that, I just want to hear again uh, from Claire about how long will the fund be in effect? So um, we've had to put a temporary pause on the individual artist side to let our friends at Three Arts breathe for just a minute <laughs> so they could survive um, and uh, process those 8,000 applications. Um, and so that fund or that piece of the application will reopen on May 4th. Um, uh, yes. And then um, we will also have a pause upcoming for organizations, uh, but that that application is still open uh, through April 15th. And uh, then again, that uh, process will pause uh, for processing, uh, more fundraising, uh, and then reopen on May 4th. I mean, the, the, we want to uh, do this as long as we can. Uh, we know the need is vast. Um, and we will we will absolutely continue to um, have successive rounds of grant making as long as there is funding available to do so. Um, and we are certainly absolutely from an equity perspective trying to avoid this first come first served, you know, um, out the door and done uh, mentality absolutely. that is, I think, disheartening and discouraging. Um, and, and we're, we're trying to avoid that um, at all costs. So uh, we're working our tails off on, okay. on getting some more resources um, to all of you out in the field. And um, we will keep going. I mean, you know, the, the thing that a couple of donors have commented on is that it took a great deal of work over the last couple of weeks, not quite as nimble as Jessica <laughs> in terms of pulling all these parties together. Um, but we've built this infrastructure now so it's it's ready right we uh -huh. can do, if we have to do this again in the fall or some other time for any unfortunate you know god forbid circumstance we can we can um reactivate this if we need to so it's actually a real um credit to all of the the funders who came together to uh, in the city and the state to to believe in this uh, because now we have this infrastructure available to support the sector in a whole new way excellent well, one of our questions, and we're going to move into our, our, our Q&A here, is how do any of you, and this is for any of you, really see the COVID-19 pandemic impacting the arts over the long haul? Um, what do you think some of the impacts will be? I mean, we, to your point, Claire, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in the fall, and, and some of the models are saying that, you know, it may come back again. What do you think, though, in the immediate, I would say, uh, since people are thinking that maybe sometime during the summer they may be able to get back to arts activities. What do you think this is going to mean for the arts community? Michelle, you want to try that? Well, I think it's not just limited to the arts community. I think to oh, so many sectors, absolutely. it's just going to mm -hmm. be um, devastating. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I was participating on a call last week with Americans for the Arts, which is our nation's, you know, at, um, representative advocacy agency. And, you know, at any given moment, um, the arts sector, the creative sector will have about 35, 40% of the organizations operating at a deficit. And depending on how long this lasts, um, you know, we, we could see a third of our sector um, gone. Uh, if you have a deficit uh, and you don't have the strength of a board with deep pockets that can help you through this, or mm-hmm. for whatever reason, you may not qualify for some of the federal programs that are available, or the money just may come too late. Um, you know, this, this will have a tremendous impact, I think, on nonprofit uh, sectors that serve not just the arts, but what it's doing to the food industry and the service industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we're going to be reeling from this um, for years to come. Um, however, having said that, I think what also will come out of this is a demonstration of incredible strength and resilience. Fortitude. Mm-hmm. And also, I think um, some incredible work that, you know, artists are always the first ones to kind of respond to um, trauma and, and through creation. Mm-hmm. And so I think we're going to have a wave of creative works that are going to be made in response to what this is happening, the way that artists are going to connect with one another um, can really yield some very beautiful um, moving work that we'll all get to enjoy for a really, really long time. Absolutely. Jessica, what have you seen from your your friends who are working actors and what have you thought about yourself in terms of the future of, of the arts community? Lots of big giant question marks, mm-hmm. lots of swinging back and forth between days of, yes, I'm going to use this time to be reflective and productive and make progress on something artistic, swinging back and forth between that and I'm just gonna breathe and make it through the day and that's gonna be enough. And again, Michelle, like you said, I don't think that's limited to artists or to our sector. That feels like everybody right now. But I opened up my Facebook feed just before getting on this call and the top post was about fall shows starting to be canceled. The next post was about an organization that's concerned about the survival of its model long-term. And I stopped scrolling after that because that's most of the posts on my feed right now. So- Was that an arts organization? It was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. And Amy, what are your thoughts about the future of uh, the arts community as we come out of at least this first round of COVID-19? Yeah, you know, I think Jessica and Michelle have just you know talked about it very eloquently. and. You know, I, but I do think about my friend, Martha Levy, who Mm. used to talk about the arts as a public square. And, um, you know, I think that's why it's so critical that this support gets to our um, art sector um, so quickly so that we can continue to support them. Because I think, again, we're going to need their voices and we're going to need them to bring us together to help us make sense sense of it. Um, And so I've been thinking a lot about that and what that's going to look like and what the work is going to look like when we um, get out of this moment. And, you know, I just, I just hope, and, you know, both Lori and I are 
you know, doing whatever we can to make sure that, you know, we can keep as many of our arts organizations and artists um, viable during this, this time. It's going to, it's going to be tough though. And mm -hmm. our cities, I don't think our city's ever going to look the same. No. Um, I don't think we're ever going to feel the same. Right. Um, but, you know, again, how do we take this moment to um, move forward and think about what our city can look like in the future with, with our artists at the center of that conversation? Okay. And Claire, for you, we're getting, um, I know you, you talked a little bit about the diversity of the applicant pool, but we're we're getting a few questions about that. So I just want you to speak to it. And in particular, I know you you said you'd like more applications from people right outside of the city per se. So can you talk about the uh, geographic diversity um, and, and the kinds of groups that you're looking forward in this next round? Yep. Um, so I think right now we have about 7% of our applicants um, from outside the Chicagoland area uh, on the individual artist side. And I'm gonna have to look up the statistic for the organization side, cause it's not directly in front of me. It's slightly, it might be slightly higher than that, but it's a very, very low percentage in both um, uh, categories. And I think that's much a as much a perception issue um, that as anything else. And I think we need to just work on our communications um, mm -hmm. in that space, work, work with our local arts network, make sure local arts agencies around the state are um, connecting uh, this opportunity with their constituencies um, and, and let that um, and, and really focus on that for the second round. Mm -hmm. um, and just to follow on to, to the last thread as well, I mean, the Arts Alliance is is not just focused on this fund right now. I think to all of the previous points, we're going to have to be looking at systemic policy solutions to get people back to work um, in new contexts. And I think that's not about isolating artists in that conversation. It's not about segmenting the arts sector. It's about making sure that we are integrated into the fabric of those um, solutions across the city and the state. Um, and we'll be you know, thrilled to work with um, the mayor and the governor on, on thinking and, and frankly, the, at the national level on thinking about um, what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And Esther is on the call, um, and she said that they're about nine percent of the applications are from artists downstate. Oh, so great! There's a number. Nine. That's excellent. Thanks. There's Esther. a number. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. Okay. Um, so again, we want to encourage more applications from around the state, and it's for artists across the board. Right. Those who are behind the scenes, those that are on stage, um, photographers, writers across all those um, different uh, formats. It's really important that all of you apply to this fund. Um, when we think about city and state funds, we have a question about whether or not, or, or what, what is the timeline, I should say, for city and state funds to be, to be released? Does anyone know anything about that with regard to the arts community? I'm just gonna look, if you know, you can give me a wave. And if not, <laughs> yes, Claire, where are you gonna go? What do you, uh, could I just clarify the question a little bit? They okay. The question is, do we know when city and state funds will be released? That is the question, and I assume that. So that's the city has contributed um, mm -hmm. a significant amount to um, this particular fund, so those mm -hmm. funds will be released as um, as folks apply. Mm -hmm. um, the state has um, contributed a, a modest amount as well, so that's all wrapped into the fund in 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 this moment, mm -hmm. um, and then. We are also, um, as many of you already know, uh, the NEA 
received uh, $75 million, the National Endowment for the Arts at the federal level. So there are opportunities for folks to do direct applications to the National Endowment um, for support, as well as there will be money coming through at the state level through the State Illinois Arts Council Agency. Um, very soon. They just released the guidelines yesterday um, and are hoping to have that money out the door very shortly. So we'll know more about that process and the Alliance and the Illinois Arts Council Agency will trumpet that opportunity widely as well when they figure out what the pathway will be to distribute those funds. They're looking at a, a number of different possibilities there. Wonderful. And Mary, go ahead, just to follow up, I just wanted to uh, give a huge thanks um, to Mark Kelly and the Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events, uh, Commissioner Kelly and that team um, has gotten incredibly creative in a, you know, a non-create, you know, a, a difficult environment, which is the city budget, um, to be able to uh, get some money pushed out to folks during this moment. Um, so I just wanted to thank and recognize uh, DKs for the work that they're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you, you so much. And here's another figure for you because Marsha Festin is also on the line. Thanks, Marsha. Thank <laughs> and 21% um, of the applications that they've received at the Arts Work Fund are from around the state. Perfect. So thank, thank you, Marcia. you, Marcia. Thanks for saving me. <laughs> That's wonderful. Um, I had actually an actor uh, who works with us at Morton Group, another actor, other than you, Jessica, who asked if Something, um, if, if you were working in a play that was closed as a result of COVID-19, is there any, any support for someone in that situation? And I said, I would ask. Is that, uh, is that someone who would be um, able to apply uh, for the fund, Claire? Oh, for certain. Absolutely. Okay. All yeah. right. Well, yeah. there's your answer. I didn't know if that was Walter. to me or to Jessica. I bet they're eligible for Jessica's <laughs> funds too. No, oh, no. Yes. Yes, absolutely. For either one of these funds, you can apply. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, well, we're going to keep going with our questions here. Um, how soon, well, let's say this, what is the turnaround time? I know you've been inundated with applications. So what is the approximate turnaround time for people putting in an application and then hopefully receiving some uh, either just word that has been received or actually receiving money? Do we have any sense of that timeline? And again, I know you've been inundated at the very beginning of the fund and hopefully that'll that'll level off in some ways, but most likely not. You, uh, Jessica's process is probably a lot faster than ours. Yes, yeah, so we'll come <laughs> so, in and ask you, Jessica, but yeah, let's start so with you. I'll let Claire. her time in next. In terms of um, the Arts for Illinois Fund, um, the three arts piece, the portion for individual artists are hoping to turn around um, applications within 10 to 15 days, approximately. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. Application closed to um, check in the mail or check out the door rather. Um, I don't think they're doing checks in the mail. Actually, I think there's a, um, a faster process than that, but um, they, um, and Esther, you can correct me too, if I'm, if I'm misspeaking, but uh, in terms of the arts work fund process, that is um, slightly longer. The application has to go through the Chicago community trust portal. Um, so the, the timeframe um, is a bit beholden to that process, um, but we're hoping within 30 days, more or less, on okay. that side. Wonderful. And for the Chicago Artist Relief Fund, Jessica? Yeah, we're looking at about 
about two weeks of a turnaround time to from application in to check in the mail. Again, that's about as long as we've existed at this point. So that's why our first our first round is already out. But I want to I want to call back to something, Claire, that you said about a thoughtful and equity based approach as opposed to first come first serve money out the door. We could have done it faster had we taken a first come first serve approach, but it was really important to us to have the application open for at least a couple of days and then to apply an equity lens in a team with multiple eyes on each application as we went through and made our our funding decisions. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And again, we have some stats coming in from Esther. Thank you very much, Esther, that um, about five, uh, it looks like of the of the individuals that have applied um, through three arts, a large majority of them identify as people with disabilities, which is extraordinary. And 50% are, are people of color. So really wonderful. And and Esther also wanted to make sure again that we we talk about, and I think uh, Michelle, you, you mentioned this as well, that artist is really broadly defined. This is broadly defined. Um, we're just not talking about theater. We're talking about teaching artists. We're talking about, uh, photographers, writers, dancers, musicians, and all the people that help to make art happen. So um, I think uh, I actually have a friend who's a wig maker uh, for Chicago Chicago Opera House. And so all, it is available to all everyone who's in this category. That's, uh, that's very important. And I'm just going to look here at a note uh, because Esther has hey, lots of information. Mary, while you're um, looking for the next question, uh-huh. I just wanted to remind people that... Um, well, I know we're here to talk about the Arts for Illinois Fund, but there are a number of resources that are available for artists and arts organizations. And I would encourage people to tap into all of them. Uh, DCASE has done a great job of compiling a list of resources for artists and arts organizations as a direct result of um, COVID-19 on their website. Uh, Forefront has a whole listing of resources available across the state and even nationally. There was a new artist relief fund, a national fund that was just announced and launched yesterday. So, and you know, many foundations, the Wallace Foundation in New York, while it's based in New York, it's compiling a list of national resources available for artists and arts organizations. And so I I, I just don't want people to be discouraged by the limitations of, the funding that's available in Arts for Illinois, we're working really hard to you know, secure additional funds for that and we'll continue to do so, but there are other resources too. And so to just you know, remind people um, that a lot of folks across the country are working to try and bring some relief to um, the sector. Okay. And I, I'm, you know, one of the questions was about when money will actually get into the artist hand and um, Marsha has decided to go <laughs> out and say that they're really trying to get money into at least maybe this first wave uh, somewhere in late April. Uh, that's I what they're think, working toward. Yeah, I think they'll inform folks by late April is the hope, and then then check. The check will be there in the next month. Okay, next month, so exactly. all right. So again, just to be clear, you will hear. Ideally, you will hear about whether or not you're going to receive any kind of support, and then you will get the money several, a few weeks later, right? Correct. And I think it's important for people to keep keep in mind that we, that we, well, you are literally building the plane and flying it at the same time. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's lots of pieces, lots of moving pieces, 
And if dates shift, please don't be surprised by that. Um, it is it is just really important that you know the it, the train keeps moving, so to speak. And all of the resources that you just mentioned, um, Michelle, we'll follow up with you, and we'll put that on your on your website. You may have some of this already on your website. Is that correct, Claire? For sure. So we've okay. actually been doing. Um, policy briefings to help people understand, particularly the federal legislation that has come through, which is actually in terms of scale. Uh, one point of clarification, the NEA money um, uh, will only be, will be restricted for folks who've received an NEA grant in the last four years. So just a point of clarification on the NEA dollars. But in addition to those NEA 75 million, which is very small for the broad breadth of the United States, you know, these uh, small business loans that folks mm -hmm. are applying for, the extension of unemployment benefits to um, gig workers and to uh, contract employees, even though I know that's a bit of a mess right now because they're not ready for the volume of applications that they're receiving right. on the unemployment side. Right. Um, but, you know, the, the state, we're going to be pushing the state of Illinois on that for sure um, mm -hmm. to make sure that all of you who are independent contractors can, can get those applications in as needed. Um, but, but we are actually, you know, each week diving into a different piece of that federal legislation at the Arts Alliance. All of that is available um, on our website um, in terms of the, the webinars. And then we are also developing FAQs that are specific to Illinois and Chicago um, so that that go through the different application processes, both for independent contractors, nonprofit organizations and for profit organizations. So come to our website for sure. Um, we're, we're not the only game in town. There's lots of great information out there, but we are trying to make trying to cut through the noise a little bit um, right. and make stuff that's specific to the cultural sector and creative sector for Illinois. Wonderful. And I'm hearing from our friend, Matt Nielsen, uh, who has uh, just let me uh, know that artsrelief.org was in fact launched yesterday to your point, Michelle. And so it's up and running. So artsrelief.org, um, you should check that out as well. Um, they uh, apparently are going to fund or have funded um, about $10 million in $5,000 grants and I want to make a correction earlier. Out of the 8,000 applications that have been received uh, through the Arts for Illinois Fund, uh, 500 of them, um, and someone uh, was very kind to do the math, um, that's about 7% of the applications um, are from folks with disabilities. So again, lots of room for growth in all areas. And certainly, as Clara said, from around the state, we really want to see um, representation from around the state. That's very important. Um, and here's, here's another note from Esther. Uh, for the first round of funding, they will have about $1.3 million to distribute, and then they will refuel and open the application portal for round two. So that's the plan um, from the arts, uh, from three, three arts. Um, and when we think about the next steps, right, for the arts community, if there was some piece of advice you could give someone who you know, this is what they've decided to do. And um, we couldn't see this coming. Um, what would you what would you offer to them in terms of of sort of keeping the faith, if you will? And I'm going to ask you, Amy. Um, well, you know, I, I just want to, I, I guess, in, in kind of an answer to that question, um, you know, say that Claire, and, and Marsha and Esther and, um, you know, everybody I think took this on 
um, and was so incredibly um, open and flexible and, you know, throughout, you know, thought outside of the box and has, you know, just jumped in. And I think that's been incredibly hopeful. And, and Lori and I are so grateful for that. Um, you know, not having planned for this moment. And Jessica, you know, you can, you can, you probably never thought you would be doing this two months ago, three months ago. Um, but that, you know, been so willing to say, yeah, this is what we used to do, but we can't do that anymore. If we're going to keep, keep our art sector um, vibrant and alive and um, working and supported during this moment. And, um, you know, I think that's been incredibly hopeful and that to have these kinds of advocates in our city and these kinds of people working has, you know, been, been, I think a great thing to see. And we really, really appreciate it. Michelle, what would you, well, one thing I've been trying to tell myself mm -hmm. um, is just to remember that we will get past that this will end um we have no idea what the new normal is going to be um but to allow ourselves to get to the point to where we're thinking about how then might we fit into the new normal and so if things are going to be um dramatically changed forever uh in the way that people experience art or make art or um connect with art um how then do i push myself um to think uh, differently and more broadly, more creatively, more imaginatively about how to still be in the game mm -hmm. um, in this new way. And so it's it's not about holding on to the past, um, but freeing myself to let it go and then roll with whatever's coming next um, and to just roll with it and, and to be a part of it, however that gets defined. Because uh, I think, you know, artists are always going to create and people are always going to need it. Um, and, and so whatever the new normal is for society or how we think about our lives are going to be, um, it's going to be there. And, and I want to be there as a part of it. And so just opening myself up to whatever that looks like, however that can be, um, and, and to let go any um, past preconceived notions about what was, but embracing what is and what will be. I love it. Jessica, what are you telling yourself? <laughs> there is so much wisdom in this city about how to survive when there's not a system in place yet, how to take care of each other, how to create during difficult times. And a lot of that knowledge exists among folks, communities, organizations who have been traditionally marginalized. And as we've been having increasing conversations about equity in the art sector in general over the last several years, this moment of crisis strikes me as having such possibility for real radical transformation of a more equitable arts landscape in Chicago. And I would encourage you know, everyone on this call, no matter what your position is, to, you know, to follow Michelle's lead of thinking more imaginatively and more creatively about what is this gonna look like on the other side and how can it be more equitable when we come through it together? Wonderful. And um, we have a couple of questions uh, for you, Claire, as we wrap, but I would love to know your feelings on this as well. Um, the, the amount of the grants coming through, someone has asked just a little clarification about how much people will be able to receive. 
Um, so on the individual artist side, the grants were going to be $1,500. And then on the organizational side, they will range from 6,000 to 30,000. And that will be dependent on budget size. That's all outlined um, on the Arts Work Funds site when you go to apply. Excellent. Um, and then with regard to what are you what what are you thinking with regard to the new normal and how we continue to make art and support art in this in this new world? I mean, I think Jessica and Michelle, you know, took all the words out of my mouth, but in terms of centering creativity, um, centering equity, and I think I would just go, uh, you know, a step beyond that. I think it means centering artists and um, and and the reason that we we do this work um, and the reason that you know we um the, in the way in which i really hope that we will value our sector in a whole mm -hmm. new way that Absolutely. people will come out of this feeling all of the netflix and music that they survived on you know through um through this crisis and then and recognize that um in a in a in a new moment and um you know i just i also think it's really important to remember um and i think this is something that is a is 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 a is something we're talking about it in in different circles but artists are human beings you know they're not they're not special snowflakes that are like off creating in a vacuum um we're, we're not funding work we're not funding paintings we're funding rent and food and health care i mean these are just basic human needs and so the arts can't be segmented into its own conversation you know we have okay. to talk about the arts as part of larger funds, as part of other efforts. Like it has to be an integrated conversation. And it's great that we're doing this targeted thing to make sure that we recognize uh, the role of artists, but we've got we've to broaden out the, the conversation as well. Absolutely, art saves lives with, without a doubt. Well, believe it or not, it's five o'clock and uh, we're going to wrap. Uh, I just wanna make sure that everyone knows if you have signed up for this, um, um, podcasts, um, you will receive a lot of materials. We're going to bundle all of the information that's been left in the in the chat uh, room, and we're going to make sure that you can receive that. Lots of really good information to share. Um, all of these websites that you've heard will have ongoing updated information, in particular Arts for Illinois. Um, at the Chicago Artists Relief Fund will we'll be taking application applications again, as will the larger fund. Um, we want to thank our guest, uh, Chicago's First Lady, Amy Eshelman. And I just want to take a point of privilege, since I am the host, and say that I think I speak for a number of people um, that we are so happy we live in Illinois. And, and I'm really happy that I live in Chicago. And I really appreciate the leadership of uh, Mayor Lightfoot. I, I can't say that enough. And so I'm just going to say that now. Thank you very thank you. much. And thank, thank you for you being much. here, Amy. We really appreciate it. Michelle Boone, Jessica Cade Hernandez and Claire Rice, thank you so much for joining us on Gathering Ground. Uh, thanks to everyone who uh, is listening and watching. Again, we will have this available as soon as possible uh, tomorrow on iTunes. You go to Gathering Ground, uh, just look for us on iTunes and we'll have this particular recording and we will also um, put together resources and make sure that they'll be on the mortongroup.com website. Again, you can go to Arts for Illinois uh, and, and look for this information as well but keep engaged. Um, we have a lot of work to do, really important life-saving work to do. Uh, thank you all for joining us today. Um, and what can I say except stay at home and wash your hands. Until <laughs> next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, Mary. Thanks, Mary. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Everybody. Bye, everybody.
we are so pleased to let you know that you can now find Gathering Ground on iTunes, in addition to SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher, Breaker, and Radio Public, and at GatheringGroundPodcast.com. I'm Mary Morton, and this has been another episode of Gathering Ground.